Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 108 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. On a uh, day after a game, the Oilers don't hit the ice till noon. Uh, they practice at Rogers Place and... Because I'm up on the 8th floor, it's difficult to watch practice while he hosts the show. Uh, the 11 o'clock practices are different. So we came into the studio, plus we got to voice some stuff. What am I doing with this Instagram thing, Brendan? Uh, maybe you can educate our listeners here because I don't... First of all, are you on Instagram, just to set the record straight? I am on the gram, and okay. some of our loyal you, listeners have found me there. All right, do we have more... Do you have more Instagram followers and Twitter followers? No. Okay. What's your Twitter address again? At Brendan Escott. We need to bump that one up. We're up to like 37,000 on the orders now, so that one's going good. Um, Okay. uh, Yeah, so I'm doing something here at 2 o'clock until 2.40. It's called an Ask Me Anything. So Uh anything you want to be able to ask Uh Bob, fair game. We're going to make sure you don't ask anything too ridiculous. But for the most part, listener questions, head to our Instagram page. It's uh, just at 630Ched and submit those, and then we'll have Bob answering them in the hour following the show. Okay. Uh, Reed Wilkins has tweeted out, couldn't make out all the language, but at practice today, Dave Tippett just expressed some serious serious displeasure with the team at practice ended his rant by kicking out some pucks and skated away uh, Ryan Rashog basically reiterated the same thing tough to hear everything from the stands but Tippett just gathered the group and had what sounded like a few stern words uh, with them uh, 40 minutes into practice this is where if you become a very effective lip reader uh, which I am I know you've watched me watch practice at times and you're like what are you doing I'm like well I'm watching how they so what happens is they put the whiteboard uh, up so the players can see it on the ice. I can't see what's on the board, but I try to read what the coach is explaining with the drill, and I also try to focus in on who's actually paying attention and who's going to be the drill breaker during the actual drill. Like, it's funny how many times, sometimes Clefbaum has some challenges with some drills. Um, the Alberta Golden Bears had a guy really smart 
uh, Cam Daniluk occasionally uh, was a lawyer, tough guy in the Western Hockey League. Played on one of the toughest teams in WHL history, the 1991 Spokane Chiefs that featured Kerry Toporowski. Um, and uh, Cam occasionally had some challenges as well. Mark Spector will join us. Uh, Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, the 7,000 men and women working in our province's horse racing industry at about 1.20 today. Uh, so, again, we'll, we'll slide spec in. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village, Steak and Seafood Cook Ready, Your Table, Edmonton South, Downtown Northside, Sherwood Park, and now open in West Edmonton Mall. You can reach us on a River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063 right now. Hello. We're going to go to our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Floors strong enough for every mini sticks tournament. Ashley Fine Floors. All right. David BC says, Bob, would you trade Miko Koskin for Miko Leonard, then go after Holtby in free agency or extend Leonard? Uh, no. What I would do is I wait to see if Leonard becomes a free agent. Uh, I Like, Miko had a bad start last night. He's been fairly decent most of the year, was not good last night. Mark has texted us on our Ashley Fine Flores text line uh, and says, Bob, when Leon decides not to play, uh, uh, he's fully committed. Is that, that's, I, I, I don't think he meant to send that text uh, that way. Bob, I just read that the girl who threw a chair off the 45th floor in Toronto has 46,000 followers. You guys only have 37 for the show. Okay. Do you want to start throwing chairs like Bobby Knight back in the day? To, I was going to say, maybe we throw one off the 8th floor at Rogers Place. All right. Uh, from a very worried uh, Oilers fan, Bob, Friday is my favorite Oilers Now day with Elliot and Spectre. I have shared season tickets for the past 15 seasons with two friends. We made a handshake agreement that we will give up our tickets if the Oilers break the NHL futility record and miss the playoffs uh, 13 out of 14 years. I am aware of at least six other fans that uh, will do the same. Game. I where the rest of the t- I did not think I had to worry, but the last two games are completely unacceptable, and I'm at a loss for how this could happen. Is it a leadership problem? Uh, thank you again uh, for a great show from a very worried uh, fan. Leadership. I mean, they have young leadership. Again, I you know I think the, the core leadership of the team is McDavid, Drysaddle, and uh, Darnell Nurse, and Darnell's not a perfect defenseman. And I wouldn't pay Darnell Jacob Truba money at this stage, just to set the record straight. The secondary leadership on the team comes from guys like Clefbaum and R&H. And I think if you want a barometer of how Edmonton's going to play, it's my personal observation, and I've been around the team a fair amount here over the last few years, that uh, sometimes you gauge Clefbaum and Nurse, or sorry, Clefbaum and Nugent Hopkins. And Nugent Hopkins went through a stretch where he had seven goals, 17 points in 11 games, and the Oilers went 8-1-2 and two during that run. They've dropped two straight. Brandon, is this a byproduct? Like, they, they went 8-1-2 and two in 11 games. Is this the theory of the bounce-back rule when you're an average to good team? You're going to have a cup. Like, and, I, and I get all the frustration from the fans last night. Like, I think a lot of the fans gave the Oilers a bit of a freebie in Arizona. Like, they weren't on the team that much. Last night was different. Last night was at home. Last night is against the San Jose team that knows how to win. They've underperformed relative to the talent. But they're down their two top centers. And you got housed in your own barn. 
So I understand where the frustration, but is there a certain degree of this is kind of how it works? It's not like they're two points behind the pace that they had in 2016-17 when they finished with 103 points. You're up. Exactly. And everybody else in this division, short of either Arizona beating the Oilers or Vegas winning yesterday against Florida, is also starting to spin the tires a little bit. So to those hammering on the panic button after two losses, I, I think that's a bit of an overreaction. There... You can't win all the time in a, in a season like this. It's it's too long. It's too high of expectations. And they have two more great chances to bounce back if you want to put a positive light on it. Again, I agree with you, Bob. I understand the frustration because those were two ugly performances. And outside of that opening five minutes, they were outclassed by a shorthanded San Jose team. But you can't have that happen again tomorrow. Well, we knew this was going to happen. Fear the Finn, who I think fastly has become... Uh one of the more frustrating texters for a lot of listeners to this show. Bob, you say the Oilers have depth in their lineup. Brendan, when have I said that they have depth in their lineup at any point? I don't recall. How about correct me, or, or how about uh, if you're going to correct me there, Fear the Fan, make the correct actual. I just said they're an average to good team. There are six, okay? That's what they are. Realistically, they now that Yamamoto's here and playing it, I think we can say safely that Yamamoto's at least an effective middle six forward. Right now, he's he's got five goals, eleven points in thirteen games, and he's plus eleven. Those are second line numbers. Like he's so they got four top six forwards: McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto. Cassian is a, is an effective middle six forward. You should know that fear of the Finn fan because he turned the tide in two games against San Jose in the playoffs, game two and game three. Um, and then they've got two good checkers up front. I think we can agree that Shane and Archibald are good checkers. And if it was me, I'd try to get Archibald signed to a two- or three-year deal. They got two and a half guys that can move the puck. Barrett can move the puck. You know, Clefbaum most nights can move the puck. Nurse can, but they're not elite defensively. And they've got two 1B goaltenders. That's what they've got. So that's that's my take. They're not the deepest team yet. There's a little bit more depth coming in time, especially on defense. So I continue with your text here. Uh, where did it go here? And the way our system works is it recalibrates on the Friday. All right, here we go. You say the owners have depth in the lineup. Well, I didn't actually. So how would they do in this scenario? McDavid and Drysaddle both out with injury. And Hurdle and uh, Couture are in the lineup for San Jose, and the game was at the Shark Tank. What happens? They, they lo- Okay, first of all, to the listeners out there, do you think McDavid and Drysaddle are better players than Couture and Hurdle? What do you think? They, are we going to concede they're better, more dynamic players than those two guys? Uh, I don't know. What would Mark uh, – I'm going to tell you right now, the Oilers would lose that game nine times out of ten. They would. They'd lose if they didn't have McDavid and Drysaddle, and the Sharks had Couture and Hurdle. Nine times out of ten, they'd lose. But in this league, sometimes you can steal games in those situations. San Jose didn't steal it last night. They came in and they earned it. All right, we're going to get right to Mark Spector right now for Horse Racing Alberta, the seven thousand men and women working in the Alberta horse racing industry, and we bring aboard over at Rogers Place, deep from the catacombs of the building, Mark Spector. Hi, Mark. How's it going? How did just listen, it, it just, listen to the end of tip here? All right, uh, and from your perspective, uh, what did it, uh, you got a little bit exasperated with the team's engagement level and practice about forty minutes in today, Mark? Uh, looks like it, yeah, Bob. He was uh, 
you know, he's a he's a PO'd coach here, right? <laughs> Last two games. Uh, has there been any update? As uh, for the record, are we looking that there's no issue at all for uh, Clefbaum? Do we know if he's good to go tomorrow? Yeah, he should be good to go. Uh, Tippett said that it was just a um, maintenance day. They took took a day off, so that's fine. Sorry, Bob, I was just very close to the scrum. Yeah, Tippett is. Uh, you know what? He's just he's a little short today. He's short with us. He's short with his team. Uh, you know what? He's fed up with. Uh, he didn't like the way they played. One of the things he said that was very interesting. He said, "You know, you, you, a team sets itself a standard, right?" So we set a standard. The way we played against Calgary, we played against St. Louis, and he says, "Now you got to play up to that standard." And yeah. you know, this, that's as good of hockey as we've seen this team put together in a long time, Bob. And that's why the drop off to what we've seen the last two games it seems so far, right? It seems like such a drop off because this was this team played some mighty good hockey, and uh, the coach saw that. Then he saw what they put in the ice against Arizona and San Jose, and yeah, that's not good enough for him. It's not good enough for anybody. Yeah, it wasn't close, uh, and it missed opportunities in both games. Mark, I sensed a lot of the fans. Even Dave gave his team a bit of a break. The game against Arizona, you know, he said we just didn't have any juice, and but there's no excuse last night against at home against San Jose, especially given who they didn't have. Like they didn't have their top two centers, and they roared in, and they won every puck battle. They were quicker and more competitive on pucks. It was an exasperating night, wasn't it? Well, it is, and you know what, San Jose, like you can lose to San Jose. They still have good, lots of good players, lots of pride, some veterans. They got a bunch of kids trying to make their name. It's not, it's not a total sin to lose to San Jose. You don't get to beat them every time just because they're below you, but you can't get completely outworked and outbattled, right? Like the Oilers didn't win that game. You know, because they didn't even come anywhere close to icing the kind of effort it takes to win a National Hockey League game. There's probably 29 or 30 teams in the league would have won that game here at Rogers Place last night. That's what you know gets under the coach's skin. Every coach knows sometimes you play real well and you lose. You can live with that. But you can't have a battle level like the Oilers had last night. I heard you on the radio, Bob, in the third period. You were saying the same thing. They just were getting outworked, outbattled, outhustled. You know, and take that result and put it in the outhouse for the order. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you know what? You get one power play. You didn't deserve more than that. Uh, it's funny. No. Dave mentioned after the game, well, it's not like we were giving up odd man breaks. And I was like, yeah, because the team wasn't in the offensive zone long enough to to, to be forcing <laughs> plays to be giving up odd man breaks because they were selling out uh, for offense. I mean, it was a, it was a, a frustrating hot. And in, the game in Arizona, at least Koskinen played well. They didn't get him any run support. Last night, the beauty of last night, Mark, if there's anything that comes out of last night, is they were all in the crapper together. You, you know what I mean? There was nobody. Yamamoto might have been the one guy who said, well, he ended, somehow he ended up even, but his line mates ended up minus three. <laughs> like, he yeah. was the one guy where you're like, okay, he won some puck battles. He was quick on pucks. He competed, but they had a lot of guys MIA. Oh yeah, and I'm not I'm not even going on the goaltender frontier. I saw some of that on Twitter. Koskinen's not playing well. He's, no goalies winning that game for nope. your team last nope. night. No nope. goalie. I mean, the Oilers just the worst thing. The worst thing that the Edmonton Oilers can do is start to find a way to blame this on an individual player at any position. No, right? they were this all was, in it. Dry title wasn't any good. Nobody was any good. So this is a team effort. And you know what, Bob? Lots of teams lose two in a row, right? At this time of year, good teams, like teams that are going somewhere, teams that, that are 
are going to really put a push on to win a division, they put a, they put the brakes on this thing. You know, Nashville smells blood, man. They're coming up from the back. They got two points in Calgary. They're looking at a struggling Oilers team. They're like, man, we can get right back in this thing. Yep. And a good Oilers team, if this team's got what it takes to contend, you know, to take a run of the Pacific, they're going to come out tomorrow with a vastly improved effort. Out of 10, what are the Oilers right now? And here's my – so Elite is an 8-9, so we know they're not them. Uh, yeah. Average to good is – uh, ranking would be, you know, a five would be average. A good team would be a six or seven. What's Edmonton? Yeah, that's a good question, Bob. I got I mean, him at a five to six, Mark. Like, I, yeah, I, no, that's if that's your standard, that's where it's got to be. I don't. They have, you know, I think like I'm looking at this team and saying this isn't the Oilers circa 2010 or 2014 or you know, or, or even last season. Like, it's a way better team. They got way more boxes checked off, things that good hockey teams have. So I like this team. I think that they're going to be a playoff team, and I think that they could, hell, they can take right a run at the Pacific at this point. Why not? Yeah. Uh, but they got to do it. I'm not going to tell you they're that team until I watch them become that team. I think they can be that team, Bob. I think they can move up to being a, you know, a six and a half, seven. Right now they're a five, five and a half. That's what they are. Would you move a future asset to get from a five and a half to a six or to a seven for this season? You know I don't believe that. I mean, define future asset first of all. I'm not sure. You can make a trade, and you can trade a, you know, uh, some future asset. You can trade a fourth. You know, I would be very. You know, you could trade a second possibly. But this isn't a good enough team to justify trading away first-round picks. It's not a good enough team to justify trading away prospects that you really like. Yeah. You know, they got Pugliarvi. They don't want Pugliarvi back. Pugliarvi doesn't want to come back. I don't think Pugliarvi's a very good player. <laughs> if you can find a way to make a deal with Pugliarvi, make the deal. That, to me, is not in any way, shape, or form mortgaging your future, okay? Yeah, but you're There's, not moving the number one Broberg or Bouchard. We know not you're not moving enough. Yamamoto. If anything, no, no, if no. anything, Mark, the thing that has maybe made the orders a little bit better than people thought was Bear in the Fall and Yamamoto at Christmas. Those two yeah. homegrown products have maybe been the surprises. There you go, Bob, exactly. And what's going to be able to allow them to make a deal where you trade a defenseman yeah. for one of these, let's say, one of those leaf swingers that's out there or whoever the number is a year sure from now. Up. It's going to be the, the crop of young defensemen sure. that are on their way up. So the minute you start dipping into your top first-round draft picks, now you don't have that player to make that deal with years down the road. So there's a time, Bob. When you're ready to win a cup, you could trade a first-round pick. The Oilers aren't ready to win a cup. They don't trade a first-round pick. They'd be foolish to do it. Mark, thanks for your time. See you tomorrow. All right, Bobby. That's Sportsnet Spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta, the 7,000 men and women that are employed in the Alberta horse racing industry. Uh, you already know, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Make sure you go down and see Uncle Milt, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. They're an eight-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They're blowing out their 2019 F-150s. We're talking up to 20K off of select models. Give Brent Ridge in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford a call, one 877 or visit Brent Ridge 
The Oilers Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Out uh, six to eight weeks, broken hand. He's had surgery. Joe Kim Nygaard. Uh, kind of been robbed to see what maybe he could do this year. In concussion protocol, Chris Russell, James Neal out as well. What else you got? Mr. Escott. Leafs goaltender Freddie Anderson resumed skating. He's recovering from a neck injury suffered earlier this week and then he already heard me say Cody Ceci will miss at least a month before his ankle is re-evaluated. As for the Nashville Predators, they've been without Ryan Ellis since he took a high hit from Corey Perry in the Winter Classic. Kelly Arncronk day-to-day with an illness. Yeah, that's a big loss. Ellis is good defenseman. It is 127 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kerry McCarthy. And when we come back on Oilers Now, we will hear from the general manager, owner, head coach, the Red Deer Rebels at Rogers Place. You know him well, a terrific NHL player, part of Team Canada and some great teams in 84 and 87. Brent Sutter coming up on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.